Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everybody, and welcome again to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. Today, we have the honor of having Rod Cleef on our show. Hi, Rod. Hey, Peely and Jason, I, and and thank you. That's very sweet of you to say honor. I, I you know, I'm I may be I'm, I'm I think I'm infamous. I think I, I wouldn't say anything beyond that. But uh, <laughs> we'll take honor. We'll take infamous. All right, all right. Well, thanks for having me on. Honor to get the infamy, I guess. So on that part, so. right? Thanks for having me on the show, guys. It's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of fun. Good. We can't wait. We can't wait. So we always love to just get a little background on you and just give us a, give us a blurb about what we what we really want to start with with Rod Cleef. Well, uh, it goes back quite a ways. So I I immigrated to this country when I was six years old, and my brother and my mother and I came over on a big ship. I remember her crying when she saw the Statue of Liberty, and and. Uh, uh, that was back in 1966, which really dates me, but ended up in Denver and didn't have much money. I mean, really, we're really struggling actually. And, you know, I had to wear clothes from the Goodwill and uh, we uh, had to drink powdered milk and buy expired bread and, you know, uh, just live, live in, in a, I wouldn't say a lot of people had a lot worse than us, but we, you know, my mom and dad really struggled and my mom, Actually, I got my work ethic from her because she babysat kids to have extra money for us. And she was very entrepreneurial. Uh, in fact, she invested in the stock market and you know, she was a housewife. And, but she bought the house across the street. And she bought it when I was about, uh, oh, I think, 14. When I was about to graduate from high school, a couple years later, she told me she'd made 20 grand on it in equity. It had gone up in value 20 grand. And I'm like, I'm doing that. Wow. Okay. It's, you didn't do anything <laughs> yeah. except buy the house. I'm doing that. So I uh, got my broker's license, which I thought is what you had to do to get into real estate. And back then you didn't have to um, have the experience. You could just do the educational part. So I got it right when I turned 18 and didn't make any money my first year, you know, made 10 grand. I think my second year, I think I made 12 or 15. My third year though, I met a guy that taught me about mindset and attitude and I made in the 100,000 range. I mean, 120 or something around that. It's been a long time, so I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was a lot more. And so, you know, fast forward, um, I've owned a couple thousand houses uh, that I, all this was buy and hold. I didn't, you know, I did some flipping, but most of my, most, most of my portfolio was buy and hold. I owned a lot of apartment communities and complexes as well in three states, Denver, Memphis, and then uh, here in Florida. And... I, in 19, I'm sorry, in 2006, my portfolio went up $17 million while I slept. And what? yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want to do the math, it's about $3,800 an hour. Of course I did, you know, and of, <laughs> yeah. course I, of course I thought, I thought that, um, you know, I was a real estate God, but then, you know, when, when you get a big head like that, you know how God of the universe has a habit of smacking you down. That was yeah. 2008 for me. And in 2008, uh, I had 800 houses here in Florida, long-term rentals. I had several apartment communities and I got crushed and for a lot of reasons. And we can get into the detail of that if you like, but, uh, and I lost it all. It was a, I call them seminars. It was a $50 million seminar for me. And it hard, I mean, that was my conservative net worth and, and I crashed and burned. But the lesson 
And the lesson I got out of it, and that's the reason I started my podcast, which I know I'm going to have you on in just a short while, which will be cool. Uh, but the reason I started it was what was fascinating is my multifamily did just fine. It cash flowed through that crisis. My single families didn't for a lot of reasons. And I'll touch on some of those real quick. So some of your listeners will be like, you know, if you had that many houses, how come you didn't cash flow? Well, right. the reason being is, first of all, they were spread out. They were two hours north of here and two hours south of here and everywhere in between. So logistically, very, very challenging, very expensive logistically. For example, let's say you have a maintenance call. You've got to fix something. So I've got to send my maintenance guy to check it out. He goes and sees what's wrong, maybe drives an hour to get there, sees what's wrong, has to go to Lowe's, which could be a half hour away, comes back, maybe needs some more parts. And what would take in an apartment complex 30 minutes because you could stockpile parts takes all day. Okay, so the costs were much, much higher. And, you know, leasing is more expensive. Uh, you know, of course, the maintenance, the management, just all of, all of that is much more expensive, very, very cumbersome. And, of course, taxes and insurance here in, in um, Florida are higher, and I'm along the coast, so I've got wind and flood and all these other things on the insurance side. But it, my model just didn't quite cash flow. And so that's why it crashed and burned. And then when I saw the values of my properties, I was at a 30% loan to value in 2007 just the start of 2007, 30%, I only owed 30 cents on every dollar and I went upside down. Wow. Significantly upside down. That's how far it crashed in my portfolio. So I just, you know, made the hard decision uh, and, and stopped paying and, you know, and, and had to suffer all that. And my credit, you know, of course is back now, but it was hell. It was really, it was very tough. But uh, so that's my story. And, you know, now I've, I've, now I've, I've, I've got a podcast and I'm absolutely loving it. And I'm teaching people about multifamily investing and, and all that. Well, and it's just been a blast. I want to go back a little bit to what you said about mentorship. Cause you said, you know, you started in the first year, you made a couple thousand dollars. Second year, you made a couple more. And then the third year you killed talked it. to somebody and you killed it. Had a mind shift. In it, it, guys, yeah. guys, 80% of your success in anything is your mindset or your psychology. Only 20% the, the mechanics, the real estate knowledge, the business knowledge. You know, 80, even maybe 90% of your success is your ability or motivation to actually take action. You know, there's so many people listening, listening to your show here that want to do this, yeah. but unless they get their minds right, are never going to take action. And it's sad. And, and those of you listening, I'll give you some tools today to, to help you with this. But, but, but they, they really are 80 or 90% of it. And anybody can teach you real estate but, but, or, or entrepreneurship or, you know, building a business. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's the mechanical stuff. But if, you're not, if, if, you're not, if you can't get past your limiting beliefs, if you can't get past your fear to take action, or if you get knocked down and you don't know what it is you want and and you're wise for what it is you want aren't an absolute must, you're not going to get back up. You know, you, you have to have strong enough and compelling reasons why. Uh, and I, I, I listened to your interview with Kevin, my good friend, Kevin Bupp, and I know you guys got mm -hmm. into the why a little bit. You asked him what his why was, which was awesome question. But, but if you don't have that, you, first of all, you're never going to take that first, that first step. And lastly, you're not going to get back up when you get knocked down. And, you know, I, I went from literally being worth 50 million to, a negative net worth. And, you know, that was a big knockdown, but I recovered and I recovered very quickly. You want to know how? Yes. How? All right. All right. So what I do, 
let me let me take you back, and it's it's not going to take a long time, but but I want to I want to give you some framework because it it lends to this story. Um, you have, first of all, you have to have goals. Okay, so let me let me give you some examples, and um, and let me let me where do I want to start? So back when I was eighteen. I, I go back to when I was a broker in real estate. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought that to be a broker, you had to have a four door car. So I went out and I bought this hideously ugly Ford Granada, gray Ford Granada, four door. And, and, um, uh, you know, that's how I thought I was going to make money. Of course, that didn't make me any money at all. <laughs> but, but, um, but I had a friend that had a Corvette. Now that, by the way, these examples I'm going to give you, Please realize it's not me bragging at all. It's just my story, and I and I'm I'm hoping to add value to to the people that are listening. Just use them as an example. And there are numerous examples of people doing. Well, I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, but but let me let me preface what I'm saying with this is not me bragging at all. Oh, and you are fact, you are allowed to brag if you want. Well, no, this stuff. But but I'm going to tell you, this stuff doesn't even really interest me anymore. But but it's a great story because I know some of you, you know, listening that are young and hungry and success driven and you know, some of these, some of these examples may juice you, but, but please realize that that's not, my intent is not to brag. So I wanted a Corvette. Um, this is back before the internet. And so I got a picture of a Corvette and I put it on the, on the visor of my four door Granada. A year later, I had a beautiful burgundy Corvette, chrome rims, just gorgeous. And back then there was a TV show called Magnum PI. Uh, the, um, uh, actor was Tom Selleck. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and he had this Ferrari 308, beautiful red Ferrari. I got a picture of that actual Ferrari out of a magazine and put that on the visor of my Corvette. A couple years later, I had a Maserati looked just like that Ferrari from the front. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell them apart. Nice. Um, my, my last example is I always wanted a Lamborghini. And I'm the guy that had the posters in his room with the hot bikini girls and the, you know, <laughs> leaning over the car. Yeah, I'm that guy. So I, I, I had all that. Own it. What, what's ast- <laughs> yeah, I'll own it. You know, it was cheesy, but I had, I had, that was me. But what's astounding is as I, I made the mistake of telling my eight-year-old son that I was thinking about a Lamborghini. He got pictures. He got posters. He got a model of the exact same color and style of the one that I ended up getting. <laughs> which I which I ultimately wrecked, but that's that's another story. But but the point here is visualization really works. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of you listening has heard Jim Carrey's example, how he wrote himself when he was broke. He wrote himself a check for ten million dollars, and he looked at it up by the Hollywood Hills sign, and uh, and he and he made it for Dumb and Dumber, and he put the check in with his dad when his dad was buried. Uh, and but visualization works. Olympic athletes visualize a race. It's been proven that it's effective, making you better in athletics. They, they all Olympians do this now. They visualize the race before they do it. Uh, another great example: Walt Disney. When Epcot Center was built, Walt had already passed, and Roy Disney was there at the grand opening. And a reporter came up to Roy and said, "You know, it's a shame Walt didn't get to see this." And then Roy looked at him and said, the only reason you're seeing this today is because Walt saw this. Okay. And so guys, you know, and I didn't realize that that's what I was doing back then. And what's, what's kind of cool is I just had um, John Asaraf from the secret on my show. He's the guy in the, in the movie, the secret, if you got, by the way, you listening, if you have not seen the movie, the secret or read the book, it's about the law of attraction, highly, 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 highly recommended because it kind of 
solidified all these things that I'd done over the last couple of decades to get the things that I wanted in my life and not realizing what I was doing. But uh, yeah, it was cool to have him. He's the guy in the, in the movie that has the vision boards. He's probably responsible for a couple million people having vision boards now. But uh, pictures work. In fact, I'll show you something here. This is kind of cool. Uh, since we're on video, and I know I know your podcast not on video, but you're doing a video, so I can at least show you guys. And maybe if you throw it on YouTube, your people yep, can see it. Yep, it'll be up on YouTube. But I'm I'm a dinosaur. I've got this paper planner. Okay, I use this every day. I know. It is. It is. It is. It really dates me. It used to be called a day timer. It's now it's Franklin Covey. But in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that I have had for about 19 years. The first pictures are my gratitude pictures because everything, these are my kids when they were young. Everything comes from a place of gratitude, starts from a place of gratitude. But then there's the pictures of the, you know, houses that I've wanted that I've gotten. The um, uh, watches, a couple hundred thousand dollars in watches that, you know, again, stuff that that I'm not that interested anymore, but the Lamborghini before I got it, the Rolls Royce that I got, all these things that I got because I visualized them and I had pictures. So some of you may think, you oh, know, this is foofy and stuff, but I promise you that it's not. Um, so, so that's visualization. But And what me, does it me, hurt if you try it? Get I'm a try, picture. Try, you know, I had a call. I, I, had a call I had a call with a young couple in Houston that listened to me, got a picture of an apartment building, put it in their bedroom. Now, that wouldn't motivate me, but it motivated them, and they got a 36-unit, 10 grand a month in income wow, you know, from visualizing. But, but let me back up, okay, because let me talk about goals for just a minute. And let me, it'll take me two minutes. Uh, but but I, I want to share with you, I, I take my students, uh, coaching students and, and, and course students through this program, through this, but I, I can do it real high level real quick for you. Um, take and, and realize that most people, they spend more time planning Christmas than they do designing their lives, okay? So, if you're listening to this, even if you've done your goals before, I highly recommend you do what I'm about to suggest to you. Pick an hour when you're uninterrupted and you're in a high energy state. I don't care if it's first thing in the morning or in the evening. Whenever you have the most energy, sit down and do what I'm going to describe. It only take you an hour and I, I promise you, you'll thank me. Sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. The big things, the boats, the planes, the cars, the houses, the motorcycles, the jet skis. Write down everything you could ever want. Then write down everything that you want to learn. You know, I want to learn how to fly a helicopter. You know, what do, what do you want to learn? Write down everything you want to learn. Then probably most importantly, write down who you want to help. You know, I bought my parents a house down here in Port Charlotte on the water. And, wow. and, and what, you know, what do you, who, who in your family do you want to do something for? Maybe you'd want to do something more for your community, help elderly, help children, help animals, whatever it is, write it down. Everything you want to do, be, or have, big things, little things, take the lid off your brain and imagine that if you write it down, you'll get it. And I will tell you, it's not outside the realm of possibility because what, just the simple act of writing it down triggers something called your reticular activating system. And what that is, it's that filter in your brain that subconsciously identifies what's important to you. For example, right now, you're not thinking about how your feet feel, but your brain knows how they feel, and now you're thinking about how your feet feel. It's that thing, <laughs> it's that, thing that when you first buy a car, you never really notice them, and then you buy it, and they're everywhere, okay? Yeah. That's your reticular activating system. So just the physical act of writing down the goals is a huge step in the right direction. All right, 
but then you've got to do a few more steps and it just takes a minute. The next thing you want to do is you have, first of all, make sure those goals are clear and measurable, not I'm going to lose a lot of weight. I'm going to lose 20 pounds by January 8th, okay? Uh, which happens to be my birthday. I just, uh, that's my <laughs> date popped up in my head. Anyway, so um, make them clear and measurable and then um, put a time limit on each goal. Put a number, how many years it's going to take for you to achieve each goal. And by the way, let me back up for one second. Those of you that are analytical, don't sit and analyze what you're writing down. Just write them down. You can always scratch it out later as you're writing your goals. And don't let the pen leave the paper. When you're doing this, just write until you can't think of anything else, okay? All right, but now, then you put a time limit on each goal. One, three, five, 10, 20. How many years it's going to take you to achieve it? Remembering that as human beings, we will overestimate what we can do in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in a decade, okay? So remember that as you're going through this. Yeah. But then once you've put a time limit on each goal, circle your top four one-year goals, okay? Take those four goals and write them on a separate sheet of paper. Now the most important part, write down why each one of those goals is an absolute must, and use emotionally charged words, you know, massive, incredible, amazing, so that I can, you know, show my spouse what a success looks like, whatever it is, and, and, and write it down. Now, take it one little step further and put some pain in there if you don't achieve the goal. So, I, and make it painful so I don't feel like a failure, so I don't fail my family. Make it painful because as human beings, we'll do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. So, put some pain in there if you don't achieve the goal. Then the last thing, go on Google, find some pictures that resonate with you for each of those goals. Uh, they don't have to be exact, but, but when you look at them, they kind of stir you. Go to Walgreens or CVS, you can have them blown up for like eight bucks and put them somewhere you're going to see them. I mean, guys, I just showed you my stuff. 90% of what I have in my book, I've gotten expensive stuff. Um, so, you know, this stuff works. Trust me. Uh, it absolutely works um, because it's never the goal that drives you. It's why that goal is an absolute must that drives you. You know, I had Grant Cardone on the show who's awesome, 4,000 units. I mean, got his own gym. Guy's, guy's a rock star. Huh? At 10X. 10X. Yeah, 10X. Now, I will say this. I think you have to, I think the goals have to be kind of based in your concept of what you think you can really achieve. And mm -hmm. I think for some people, 10Xing might make them think they're never going to do it. So that, I'm a little, I, I'm a little, I'm a, disagree with him a little bit on that. I think some people can do it, but a lot of people, it has to be based in their version of their ceiling of what they can accomplish mentally because it's all psychological. But the other thing is he says, write your goals down morning and evening, which is fantastic. Yeah. However, he doesn't push on the why, and the why is really what's going to drive you. It's never the goal. I mean, the reaching that goal, I will tell you, is typically a letdown. In fact, let me give you one more example, big one. For 20 years, and again, please realize it's not me bragging. This is just my story, okay? That's all I've got. Uh, and there are lots of examples of, of, of people visualizing besides the ones that I've given. But in fact, I, I'd actually like to tell you one more uh, before I tell you about this big goal. There was a, there was a millionaire that uh, adopted a um, classroom, I think it was in New Orleans. And this school, this was a really rough school, uh, rough meaning challenge, uh, only about, uh, I think 16, I may get the numbers off by a couple digits, so don't hold me that, but I, I believe about 16% of those students actually went to college, okay? 
So this millionaire adopted this school, I mean, this class in this school. And all they did was they took these students, and I think they were, I think they were in junior high school at the time, might have been elementary, but I think it was junior high school. And they took them to a college. They let them follow a student around for a day. They went to the cafeteria. They went through classrooms. They, um, uh, you know, got to see the campus. They got to experience life as a, as a, as a collegiate. And then all they did after that, every day for five minutes or 10 minutes, they sat down and visualized going to college. That's all they did. One time, they went one time, and then until they were done with high school, they sat every day and visualized going to college. 80 80, I think it was 86% went to college. Wow. Okay. So don't refute the power of visualization. But anyway, back to this big goal, because this is kind of relative, and I want to leave your listeners with, with this little bit of, uh, of what happened to me. So I always wanted a house on the beach. I, I, I mean, lived in Denver, and there's no beach in Denver. And I had pictures of palm trees and beach. And, you know, we got to, I was telling you guys before we recorded, I, my dad worked for the airline, so we got to fly around cheap. So I got to fly to Hawaii and experience the beach. But I'm like, mm-hmm. this is where I belong. This is where I want to live. So ultimately, I built this incredible mansion, 10,000 square feet on, on an island here in Sarasota or Key. And I had the beach on one side and I had my boat lifts on the backside and it was just a spectacular home. And, and, you know, I reached this goal, this 20 year goal. I mean, it took me 20 years. And I, I mean, it's something I wanted and thought about and visualized and, and I'm in my pool and I'm floating there at night in this thing. I've got a waterfall from the second floor, big waterfall oh, into the pretty. pool. I've got the lights are changing color in the pool. And I mean, just magnificent. I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, I call it, because that's really <laughs> what it was. It was me showing the world I'm good enough, which is another conversation about limiting beliefs. But, <laughs> but, but I'm in this pool and I accomplished this goal and I got depressed. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I just accomplished this incredible goal. And I mean, I was bummed. It's like, I don't understand this. And when I looked back on it, I realized there were two things happening. One is, and this is what I want you guys to, well, both of these I want you guys to get that are listening. One is never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up. Because like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You have to have a vision for the future. So that's number one. But the second thing is, I wasn't fulfilled. And, you know, I've interviewed billionaires. I've interviewed and I've, and I've met billionaires and millionaires that are very, very successful, but they're not happy. Guys, there's a big difference between success and happiness and success and fulfillment. Um, my mentor, Tony Robbins, calls it the uh, science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. And, and I, I was unfulfilled. It was, I was a narcissist. It was all rod, rod, rod. And, you know, I ended, actually ended up losing my first marriage over it. Um, and, but that year was 2000. I decided, I, I went and saw Tony. Thank God. I saw Tony Robbins. And Tony Robbins does this basket brigade where he feeds families for the holidays. He's done millions. I mean, the guy's, the guy's a rock star. If you, anybody, let me do a shout out. If you ever have an opportunity to see him live, you know, it'd be the best money ever spent. But anyway, so... I decided to feed five families in 2000 and uh, the third family changed my life. I walked up to this door and this lady uh, and it was there uh, in this old, this was a shotgun house. And it's, if you don't know what a shotgun is, you walk into the living room, you go through the kitchen mm-hmm. to get to the, I'm sorry, go through the bedroom to get to the kitchen, which has the bathroom off of it. And there were five kids there in this small one bedroom shotgun. 
The mom came out, she started crying, saw the food. Kids came out, several of them started crying. I started crying. I was hooked. And the next year I fed 50 families. The year after that, 100. I doubled it every year, 200, 400, 800, 1600. And I paid for it all the way through that. And and it wasn't about me. In fact, we'd give, we'd deliver the basket and we'd just say, this is from someone that loves you. And I had volunteers help me deliver the basket. But that was 2006 when I did 1600 families. And then of course, we all know what happened after that. So I'm blessed to say we've now fed 55,000 children over the last 17 years. We've done thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies to local children here. We've done thousands of teddy bears to local police departments for officers to put in their vehicles. And I want to give a shout out to Kevin Bupp, who was on the show because he's raised over $100,000 for my foundation. It's called the Tiny Hands Foundation. Yeah, Kevin. Can you give us the the name of that foundation? Yeah, it's tinyhandsfoundation.org. And it's a beautiful thing. But the message here, guys, the message is not, you know, I'm sure we'd love your help. Appreciate it. We do almost 98% of the money goes to 99, I think goes to, goes to food and stuff because I cover most of the operational costs. But the message here is those of you listening, I know you're hungry. You've got, you're like a Doberman slobber dripping from your mouth. You're hungry. You want to go out there and make success, whatever success means to you. Do not lose sight of the need to be fulfilled and contribute beyond yourself. You don't have to do anything in the magnitude that I'm doing. Hopefully you'll aspire to do something like that, be it, you know, elderly children, again, animals, what, the, the community, uh, trees, whatever. Uh, you just, you know, do something beyond yourself. But even if you just incorporate something small, you know, decide to buy the person behind you and, you know, in, in the toll line, pay for them or just do something, smile at everybody today or, you know, help an elderly person, whatever. There's so many things you can do that don't cost anything, but you must, you must incorporate that into your life immediately. Don't, don't, don't wait to achieve. Don't wait to be a success to give back. Start giving back right now because, you know, you can achieve, achieve, achieve to be happy. I'm going to tell you, you want to happily achieve and that's how you do it by, by giving back. So um, anyway, Wow. Yeah. That's all Absolutely I got. I'm, I'm inspired. <laughs> all right, good. Go. Yep. Okay, that, we'll be right back. We're going to go, uh, yeah. <laughs> go uh, some, so, uh, some people. So I, I, would, I would be forewarned to not ask you about how you have now transitioned into your happiness with multifamily and, and why. Well, you know, I, I started the podcast. I started the podcast, Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing. And by the way, let me, uh, let me offer your readers. Uh, my book is still free. It's going on Amazon literally in a couple of weeks, twenty four ninety five. If your readers want, I wrote a 200-page book about uh, investing in multifamily. It's like a textbook. There's no fluff. Uh, it's uh, called... Uh, how to create lifetime. <laughs> there it is. There it is behind me. How to create lifetime cash flow through real multifamily real estate. I got my brain fell on the floor for a minute. Um, but uh, if they want it, all you got to do is text ROD Rod to four one four one one, and we'll send you a free copy. Okay. So so there's that. Let me give that to your listeners. Text Rod to four one four one one. And like I say, it's it's how to find and how to evaluate an area. How to how to uh, you know, pick properties, how to talk to brokers, how to negotiate, how to get seller financing, how to fund them, how to do syndications, how to manage them. I mean, everything in between. It's literally like a textbook. So incredible value. And and it's, it's my gift. And so, and then secondly, 
before I forget, because otherwise I will forget, I started a Facebook group for the multifamily community. And I know you're on it, Jason. And, and yep. we've, we're, we're going to hit 2,000 people today. And it's, it's only been around for like four weeks or three wow. weeks. It's killing it. So, yep. so it's, if you go to multifamilycommunity.com, it's a direct link to the Facebook. And we'd love to have you on there. It's a lot of peer mentoring. A lot of my podcasts guests are on there. So there's some real hitters on there. If you've got questions, they get answered almost immediately. It's just awesome venue uh, to learn this business. But uh, so I started my, so back to your question, I started my podcast, um, you know, with originally with the intent, I'd use it to, to get investors, you know, I, I'd use it because I don't like asking for money. And of course, it's done all that. It's, it's you know, like, we're, we're, we just hit 2 million, I think 2.1 million downloads. Uh, and I've only been at it a year and a half. Uh, but, but the, the, I think the reason that it's done as well as it has is because I incorporate this psychology of success. You know, I do these, these weekly episodes called your driving for success tip. And I talk about different aspects of your psychology. And I think that's just been well received. I, I spent 16 years following Tony around the planet and, you know, I, some of that stuff stuck. So, you know, I, 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 I share that as well as I, you know, I do an interview like you guys are doing on yours. Uh, and, but, but I did that and it's, it's been such a huge success that I decided, you know, and, and I started taking free phone calls from my listeners. By the way, I might suggest that. That is really awesome, huh, to, to, awesome to connect with your listeners and just give them 30 minutes. You know, I was doing about six to eight calls a day and then I did, or yeah, six to eight calls a week and then I did more. But I did almost, God, hundreds and hundreds, I think almost a thousand of those calls. And I got so much pleasure out of adding value to people. I'm like, you know, I tell my kids, do what you love. And I wasn't eating my own cooking. And I said, you know, and so many of them asked for more. And so I, I finally broke down. I did a course and I've got coaching and I've, you know, and it's killing it. And we're just, I'm just loving it. I'm, I'm literally, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I still have an acquisitions team. I have five people actively, you know, out there uh, looking, looking for deals and making stuff happen, both in the multifamily apartment space and also in the mobile home space, like what Kevin does. And just loving it. I mean, life is, life is freaking awesome. So just to go over a couple of the numbers and tell, like, let me know if this is incorrect. So you have personally owned and managed over 2000 apartments and homes. Is that correct? That's, that is correct. That's amazing. And you no, know, it's painful to even think about. By the way, that's the message. Don't do single family. If you're going to buy and hold, please guys, if you're listening to this, if yeah. you're young and you haven't bought your first house, buy a Plex. Buy a duplex, a triplex, or a fourplex. Convince your spouse that it's a good move because it is. Because chances are you'll be able to live for free. Okay, so, you know, and there's there's FHA financing, low down, 30-year fixed. I mean, I've interviewed guys on my show that started with a duplex, and they've just done a duplex or a quad or a triplex every so often. Now they have, you know, a $10 million portfolio. So, again... If you're buying to flip, if you're flipping or wholesaling, absolutely do single family. Great way to make good money. But if you're buying to hold, please do multifamily. Don't do single family. It's it's easier. You'll get more mileage. It's just as hard to buy a house as it is to buy a, a 10 unit. Sometimes it's easier because they'll look at the team instead of the individual. So that's that's that was the whole message behind my podcast is for long-term cash flow do multifamily or some other asset class besides single family. I mean, office is great. Retail is great. Self-storage is great. There's a lot of asset classes, but my expertise is in multifamily. So, yeah. So, yeah. you've already given our listeners so much value. And we were just talking about value add, but give us, give us a couple of reasons why multifamily 
is better than single family? Single family. Oh, that's easy. That's so easy. Okay. You can go out there and buy 10 houses, right? They're spread out all over. Every one of them has got different HVAC, every different different, uh, appliances, different hot water heaters, um, different windows. Um, And so, if you've got a maintenance issue, you can't stockpile parts, okay? So, the maintenance is absolutely more expensive. Secondly, if you've got if you've got a 10 unit and it's in one location, it's easy to lease, it's easy to fix, it's uh, easy to manage. Now, I would go larger than that because you can have, you know, if you, even with a 10 unit, you can give somebody 50% off the rent to keep an eye on things and lease properties or show properties for you, show units for you. It just, it's just easier. And, and, and you're exponentially growing your net worth be, instead of doing it one off. And, and those 10 houses are 10 separate transactions. You've just gotten the, you know, the same mileage with one transaction. Mm-hmm. And with, with houses, they're going to look at your personal financial uh, situation. They're going to they're gonna evaluate you. If you go five units or more, so, so one through four is residential, which is why I just said, if, you, if you're a young investor, you want to get into this business, buy a freaking Plex. Don't buy a house. Okay, start there. But, but then five plus units is commercial. Okay, so anything five or more is commercial. They're going to look at the whole team. So let's say you're young, but you're smart and you're going to learn this business, read my book or Get, get the, do a course or do something to learn this business. But once you have the knowledge, you can put a team together. If you don't have the income, you don't have the net worth, you don't have the experience, you can bring people in that supplement those deficiencies and you can go buy property. I don't care if you don't have any money. I mean, I did this in Denver. I bought tens of millions of dollars worth of property, other people putting up the money. And I mean, I just did partnerships, 50-50. You know, I do all the work, you get half the deal, everybody's happy. But in commercial real estate, you know, you can do syndications, you can, you can bring other people's money in. Now, that costs a little bunny, bit of money to set up, but you can exponentially acquire higher value property in commercial because it's a team sport. It's not an individual sport. So, it's, it's, they're gonna, the bank is going to look at the strength of the team. And, and, of course, the property's ability to carry the debt. And there's some other factors. You need to be knowledgeable. The key here, guys, is If you are competent where you learn this business, and there's two ways to learn this business. One, you do the book study. You read the books, you do the courses, you do all that. And the second thing that you have to do simultaneously is evaluate deals and go out there and make relationships. Those of you that are analytical are going to love the books and the study, but you got to get outside of your comfort zone and actually get out there and make relationships and look at deals. Mm -hmm. Those of you that are type A like me, that made every mistake in in the book, won't do the book study and just go out there and make mistakes. You got to do both. Okay. So you, you, you've got it. You've got to marry both of them. And, and guys, your magnificent life is on the other side of comfort. You have to get uncomfortable. Okay. So you, if, if you don't like the analysis, get uncomfortable and do the analysis. If you don't like, if you're an introvert and you don't like the relationships and getting out there and meeting people and developing relationships, you got to get uncomfortable. Because it requires both in, in multifamily commercial real estate because you're going to put a team together. Guys, there's so much money out there looking for deals right now. If you can put together, uh, you know, a framework to find the deals, um, you know, be it through mailing, be it through, you know, there's numerous ways you can get off market deals and be guerrilla marketing. And, you know, I interviewed a couple guys on my show that had a, a 50 unit under that, no, 50 unit that they closed 
that they found by driving around and looking for rundown properties and and just and 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 just going back, looking them up in the assessor's office and contacting those owners. And those of you listening are going, well, that's real simple. Duh. Yep. Yeah, it is real simple and nobody does it. Exactly. Okay. Driving right. with apartment buildings. Exactly. Right. Exactly. They do it in houses, but they don't do it in apartments. So that's number one. Number two, these same yep. kids, kids, they were in their 20s, like you guys. <laughs> How old are you guys? You guys are what, 30? All right, all right. Well, 30, I can yeah. call you kids because I've got socks older than you. But <laughs> but, but I, I um, these same guys had a 46-unit under contract that they got by calling for rent ads in Craigslist saying, hey, do you want to sell? Again, if you're willing to work, it absolutely works. If you're willing to do what other yeah. people aren't willing to do, you'll be a success. I was going to say, listeners out there, rewind oh well, there's no rewind like hit the back button like about like a minute and you'll just get two huge value ads that yep. rod just said two ways of getting deals that not very many people are doing that are actual steps that cost you very little money yes. that if you have no money that's fine you can get on craigslist you can call that number you can get in your car it's going to cost you some gas money and just maybe a little bit of time you can drive around right down that address there. i'll give you two more Craigslist. Nobody looks for multifamily on Craigslist. We found deals that nobody else has called on because nobody looks there. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the newspaper. If you're an 80-year-old seller and you're a crusty old fart and you've got a 10 unit and you're going to sell it and you don't want to deal with a broker because you don't like brokers, where are you going to list that property? Where are you going to put that property for sale? Penny saver. The newspaper. Because that's all all he knows. Nobody looks there. So, you know, Think outside the box, okay? Think think outside the box because you know everything's on online these days. But there there's a huge demographic that isn't. So yeah. think about what they're going to do to market their properties. That's anyway, so that is so much value add right now. Wow, like boom! And so here you are today at this point. Where do you go from here? Where 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 is your listen? Vision? Listen, I I am I am so loving what I'm doing. And guys, that's that's another secret. If, if, if you're not sure about real estate, you're not sure if you love it, it's critical that you associate pleasure with it, okay? Because if you don't love what you do, life's too short not to love what you do. So, um, you know, I equate it to hunting for treasure. So, if you're not sure if you love real estate, look at it like that. Even when you're doing the things that you don't love doing, associate pleasure with them because you have to learn to love it. Otherwise, go do something else. Go be an entrepreneur, start an online business, do something that you enjoy. Uh, and, you know, ideally play to your strengths and supplement your weaknesses, either through outsourcing that, that what you're not, what you don't enjoy or uh, leveraging it to somebody else. You know, some of the greatest partnerships I've seen in this business are an analytical person with an outgoing person. They pair up and, and everybody's, all the strengths are being handled. The, the evaluation, oh, you guys are knocking heads, so that must be you two. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so you know, those are, the, those are the, the partnerships that work the best because everybody's got a strength that's needed in that. And, you know, there are some people that are analytical that are also outgoing, but, you know, they're, they're not as common. You know, the, typically the analytical ones are a little more introverted and they, you know, they'll, they'll communicate, but it's not, they don't love it and it's not their superpower where an extroverted person, you know, that's their superpower. They can go out there and find, you know, develop the relationships with the brokers and the potential partners and investors and, you know, private, they can go to the RIA meetings and find people that have money to invest in the deals while, you know, the other person is analyzing deals and making sure no mistakes get made. So what that's you're great. saying is our listeners out there should find their superpower. Yeah. And, 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 and build on that and supplement 
where they're not strong either through a partner or through hire or through virtual assistants or through, you know, whatever they can do so that, that you're focused on your strengths. And that's just a success secret, period. Whatever you're doing, if you're focused on your strengths, you're going to get to success quicker. Let someone else do the things that you're weak at. Nice. So you have, you have so many ups and downs in this business. How, how, do, you, how do you find yourself out of these downs? Because you, you've had 2008. Uh, yeah, no, it's what I just went through. If you know what you want and why it's an absolute must, you know, you have to, of course, uh, listen, I went through a pity party. Trust me when, you know, I mean, I thought I was set for life. How'd you get yourself out of that? Amex black card, you know, that I was spending a hundred grand a month just on stupid stuff. And, you know, to go from that to humble pie, you know, it was painful, but I got out of it because I realized that what you focus on is your life. And if I was going to focus on what I lost, I would, I would continue to lose. And I did for a short while. I, I'll be honest. I, I absolutely did. And, and it magnified. Whatever you focus on magnifies. Yeah. Where energy, where focus goes, energy flows. So be sure you're focused on what it is you want. Now, what you don't want, because whatever you focus on, you're going to get. Okay. This is, again, right from the secret, from the law of attraction, but it's so true. Uh, and so... You know, luckily, I knew what I wanted. I, I was, I still had the same goals, the same big goals, and uh, I knew what I wanted. And you know, I'm now I'm back, and and uh, you know, I've got an incredible, amazing, gorgeous wife, and and you know, life is beautiful. So, you know, uh, because because I stayed focused on what I wanted. You know, and in fact, I'll tell you, I had a vision board for my wife. I had a vision board of, of, and it was interesting. At first I had just these really hot girls, you know, and I was just, it was all about how they look, but, but I realized that it was the emotion I was looking for. So I found pictures of couples that denoted the emotion I was looking for. It's a shame I don't have a picture to show you guys, but, but the minute I met her, I knew she was the one I knew instantly because I'd already visualized her. I, I felt her and, and, uh, the stuff works, guys. I know some of you are like, "Oh, this is foofy." I'm going, you know, I'm 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 on to the next one. But I'm just telling you, you're making a mistake if, if try it. Try. Everyone yeah. out there, you need to try it. Doesn't cost you anything to try it. Try it and see where your success is taking. I promise you, it works. Time to do this. So you have amazing energy. What What is a morning routine look like? Oh, I'm really glad you asked. That's that's actually a secret. I'm really glad you asked. Um, Guys, you should all have an ama- uh, a morning routine. One of the gifts I give uh, my coaching students is The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, which yes. is an incredible yeah, book. book. You know, talks about getting up early, exercising, journaling, meditating, and, and it just makes your day amazing. I do a very small version of that. Um, I just get up and I sit for a minute and I think about what I'm grateful for. I think about, I mean, even just the fact that I'm alive and I think about my wife. It doesn't have to be a big deal. I think about my amazing kids and you know, my team and, and, and I'm just grateful. And because again, remember, everything starts with gratitude. Uh, and so I'm grateful. And then I think about the things that I want as if I already have them, which is what I did with my wife, believe it or not. I mean, I, sometimes I would even get emotional. The more emotion you can bring to it, the more powerful that energy is. So when you're visualizing what it is, I mean, be like, you know, thank you, God, or thank you, universe, or thank you, just thank you. And, and I mean, get yourself to a point, if you can, where you're just feeling incredible emotion for these things that you want as if you already have them. I, again, some of you are, I'm sure I lost a few of you, but I promise you this works. Yeah. And, then, um, and then I just make a declaration in my mind that it's going to be a great day. It usually is. Nice. It's, Love a, it. it's a great day yeah. to have a great day, right? That's right. Yeah. 
It always is. Sort of talked around this subject, around the big why. So what is your big why? All right. I don't know if you guys can see it on my camera here. Oh. But there she is. Is she not gorgeous? Oh, she gorgeous. is gorgeous. Thank you. Thank I, for you, everybody thank that's you. not watching, <laughs> just you know, it's really funny. Back. You know, it's really funny. You know what the most Googled term with me is? Rod Cleef wife. Rod Cleef's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, now she's insufferable because I made the mistake of telling her that. But no, no, she's, she's more beautiful on the inside than the outside. That is my big why. In fact, if, if you called her right now, and you asked her what Rod's purpose in life is, she will tell you to make me happy. In fact, if I called her right now, I could probably on speaker. If you want to hear her say it, she would say that. And that's the seat. Guys, guys, if you want, a, if you want a world-class relationship, take that on. Now, we could go down that path if you like, but that's, that's another hour conversation. <laughs> we will, we'll have Rod Cleef on back uh, probably uh, like a month from now. We'll uh, that'd be awesome. Anytime, anytime, my friends, I would, I would love to. So leave us with some words to live by. <sighs> Nike. Yeah. Just do it. Seriously. Right. I mean, those of you that are on the fence, I promise you, you'll wish you started earlier. I know I have just about with everything I've ever done, uh, you know, and uh, just, just, just get, out, get, get outside of comfort. Like I said, that your, your amazing dream life, the life of your dreams is just on the other side of comfort. And so, I mean, I've got it like Grant Cardone says, comfort kills. I've got that sign in my, in my home office. This is my work office here, but you know, get uncomfortable just for a while. And it won't be uncomfortable very long because once you do it, you know, you're not going to be uncomfortable, but you got to, you got to take that, that first step and get pushed past the discomfort. And, and I promise you it's worth it. Wow. That's great. Wow. Thank you. Thank okay. You. Well, Final question, and I know you've already given us a couple of. Uh, there's more. There's, there's, there, there could be a lot more. <laughs> I could keep you. You guys, you guys are you guys are adorable. By the way, you really are. Thank you. But how are some ways that people can find you if they want to talk to you or? Yeah, my, my yeah, absolutely. Uh, please listen to my podcast. I, I even if you're not into real estate that much. Um, you know, I, I, I know there's a ton of value there about the psychology of success. It's called lifetime cash flow through real estate investing. And uh, uh, just go to rodcleef.com, R-O-D-K-H-L-E-I-F as in frank.com and tons of content there. I've got tons of videos, uh, other books that are free and, and they're no fluffy. This isn't fluffy just to get your email address crap. This is real value. So, you know, uh, if you go there, you're, you'll, you, I think uh, you'll get a lot of value. Uh, so that's probably the best way. And, and again, if you want that free book, text Rod to 41411 because you're crazy not to if you're thinking real estate at all because it really is kind of like a, a great roadmap. It's amazing. Well, Thank you. This has been oh, great. my pleasure, guys. Oh, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Of course, whenever, when, when you're doing all the talking, you think it's the greatest conversation ever, like Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, you know, ask yeah. questions and <laughs> people think it's the greatest conversation ever. So, well, uh, it has you. been an amazing We've conversation. Uh, Thank thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Rod. Yeah. Thank you, guys. So, this is the REI Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. Thank you so much, Rodley, for being on the show. Bye now. Take care, guys. See you later. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation Podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.